0: Do you wanna give your children the childhood you didn't have? When I was healing my father wound, I didn't want my hurt to hinder my relationship with my husband and my children. The number one thing I realized in working with high-achieving moms as a trauma therapist is that childhood wounds turn moms into workaholics, worriers, and worth seekers who think that their control is the gateway to change in their family. And I'm on a mission to change that. In fact, I wanna make high-achieving Christian moms go from perfectionists to peaceful powerhouses. And heal your wounds so that your children don't have to. Grow your emotional maturity so the anxiety from being perfect doesn't lead to controlling your kids and criticizing your husband. And learning how to set burnout-proof boundaries at home, with your extended family, and within your career or business without the guilt. And listen, I know what it feels like to be sick and tired of repeating the same cycles of shame and anxiety and burnout and desperately praying to God for peace, but not truly understanding why you had to go back to your childhood to heal in order to get there. And I also know how confronting the hurt from my dad was not dishonoring him, but it was a means of healing my relationship with God. Not only that, but learning how to disarm my triggers before feeling the mom rage towards my kids or criticizing my husband was a means for me to eliminate shame from having a bad door to creep into. Through healing, I know that I'm a better wife and mother when I'm a healed wife and mother. So I full body understand the struggle of not healing and being stuck in those perfectionism cycles. And I also full body advocate for the sanity of healing to get out of those cycles. Whether you are stuck in the cycle of perfectionism or wanting change, but not really knowing how to make it stick, I want to teach you how to end perfectionism by healing your childhood wounds. In my new free life class, The Roadmap to Healing the Root of Your Perfectionism and Ending the Cycle of Passing Down Childhood Wounds, I am going to walk you through how to discover the childhood wound that fuels your perfectionism, why the enemy uses perfectionism to keep you stuck, how to identify your perfectionism blind spots in passing down childhood wounds to your children, and how to learn the skills to break out of the vicious perfectionism cycle. You're going to want to register and join me live, okay? Not only can you ask me your questions directly and get feedback, but if you apply and schedule your call for my new program, Mom Unwounded, within the first 48 hours after the live class and you decide to join, you'll get to join me for a live burnout bootcamp workshop. Many high-achieving moms struggle with burnout because you try to heal through doing. So during this workshop, I'm going to Teach you how to maintain your ambition without sacrificing your sanity in the process. Click the link in the show notes or go to monthlyu.com backslash roadmap to join us in the live class happening September 20th. I cannot wait to see you there. Now let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Momfully You podcast. I'm your host, Chastity Holcomb, a trauma therapist, a fellow high achieving mama, and after years of my clinical experience helping hundreds of people recover from unhealthy family cycles, I'm here to help moms transform what it means to be an emotionally healthy mom in your family. I believe that generations shift when moms heal. So on this podcast, I'm going to walk you through how to do it all while honoring God in the process. So come on in, grab a blanket, and let's lean all the way in. Much like you, I spent a lot of my life dedicated to building up a career, For me, that career was being a therapist. I went to school for um, undergraduate degree, which took me four years to get. Then I went to graduate school, which took me two years to get. Then I had to do 3,000 hours of seeing clients before I was deemed an official therapist. It took me a long time. And throughout the years, my identity became emerged with being a therapist Everyone asks you when they see you, hey, what have you been up to? What do you do, right? Um, Even before knowing anything else about you, they want to know your name and they want to know what you do. Who you are is what you do. And it's kind of like the normalcy of our society, right? We are merged with the things that we do repeatedly. So when it comes to having a background in uh, trauma, having a background with childhood wounds, that too can become a part of your identity. Not in the way where, you know, people meet you and they're like, hey, what's your childhood wound? Right. Maybe not now. A couple years, that's that might be where we are as, as a society. Who knows? But as for right now, that's not a common question. What's your, tell me more about your trauma, right? No one is necessarily asking that, but we're always in some kind of way introducing ourselves in that manner. I remember... Having to share my story with um, a group of young adults at a church that I was attending back in Dallas and just being so nervous that once people saw or heard about all of my story, that they would look at me in a different kind of way, that they would see me as pity or a woe is chastity, she didn't have a daddy and these other things happened to her and blah, 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 right? I didn't want to be seen in that particular way, but it was a part of my story and it did interject itself into a lot of my relationships and a lot of the ways that I, um, Sought out and did the things that I wanted to do, right? I think that in many ways, God uses our story and our background in a way that ultimately can be glorifying to Him. I don't believe that He's like, you know what, let me put her through this hard and difficult season and let me just put her through the ringer because that's how I'll get my glory. I don't believe that, right? This whole like everything happens for a reason. Yes, but when you're talking about trauma, there's no reason that someone should be evil enough to do hurtful things ever. Okay, so when it comes to, you know, the merging of these backgrounds and oh, now people are aware of this specific identity about myself. Does that mean that this is who I am? that I'm just someone who has daddy issues or I'm someone who has a complicated, somewhat complicated relationship with my mom. Am I a person that just has all these other wounds and complex traumas that have happened throughout my life? Is that really who I am? We've talked before about how your wounds are not, or you rather are not your wounds, that there are pieces of you, um, specifically your personality and your gifts that make up who you are, but your wounds can be somewhat like weeds around a flower making the flower seem as if it's not that, um, it's not as attractive, but we know that the flower still shines. She still is beautiful, but she just is cluttered around the weed, right? We're cluttered sometimes around trauma. When we get to a place to where we are healing, um, There's a lot of unlearning that has to happen when it comes to our identity, right? There are certain things that you probably do that you feel like is normal, but it's actually attached to a wound, right? The way that we operate in relationships, whether you have an anxious attachment, which basically is you have this fear that you're going to say something, do something that's going to run the other person off. And so you're always trying to keep that person close no matter what. If I have to people, please, I'll do it. If I have to show up as a perfectionism, I'll do it. If I have to produce my tail off, I'll do it to keep you safe. I'm always worried that you're going to leave. So my actions, I believe, are going to keep me close to you. That's anxious attachment. Avoiding attachment, avoidant attachment, is I have this perception that you're already going to leave. So what's the point in me putting any effort, being any more vulnerable, sharing my emotions, um, letting you in? In a, at an intimate level, right? Truly allowing myself to be seen and known when I truly believe that I'm unlovable. So I'm going to keep you at arm's distance. I'm going to watch you from afar. We can hee hee laugh. We can even be married. But uh, but in my mind, you are two steps out the door, two steps away from being out the door. And I'm going to act accordingly. There's a quick little preview of anxious and avoidance attachment, right? So you might think it is quite normal for you to be like, oh, at any moment, my husband could leave and I'll be fine. But would you? Is there a part of you that uh, has to tell yourself that, has to rehearse that narrative? Because you've had to prepare your heart and mind for that in the past. Maybe you are like me, and you have daddy issues. And so the relationship with men has always been a little... Tricky. Right. There are certain narratives that you're telling yourself, if I do this, then this will be the outcome. If I don't do this, this will be the outcome. Maybe you thought it's just normal. It's just a part of your personality when it's really just attached to a negative, a narrative. Right. That's been a part of your identity. She's independent. She's strong. Right. Or everybody loves her. She she gets along with everybody, which, again, could be a gift. It could be a gift, but when done out of fear, could be surrounded by trauma. So when you start this healing work, there's a new identity that you have to create, a whole new ecosystem that you have to create that says, I'm no longer functioning out of this narrative that's telling me to do these things, to be this perfectionist that pleases everyone around me. But inside, I feel so empty Right. I'm taking from myself to plug in holes in other people. And it's leaving me with all these gaps throughout my mind, body and soul. I'm empty. Right. Or you have put yourself on this island where no one or very few, 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 few people actually truly know you, where you truly can let your hair down with because you're so afraid that once they know you, once they get close, they'll leave. They'll abandon you and reject you. You have to come up with a new belief about yourself that says, I am not at fault. I am not to blame, right? I am worth loving. I am worth staying around. I am worth celebrating, not just being tolerated. That journey from uh, the old belief and the new belief, I call the belief bridge, right? And there's a journey that takes you over that bridge because it's not just, okay, well, I don't believe that anymore. Maybe if I just affirm it every morning, then I'll start to believe it. I think affirmations are helpful. Okay. I tell them to my children every night before they go to bed. Sometimes I look my own self in the mirror and be like, girl, you got it. Okay. (laughs) It's not even, it's not even like a, I am strong. It's like, girl, I feel weak, but you know, you go survive. Today is a survival day. You know what I mean? Sometimes you just got to be honest with yourself. (laughs) So I believe in affirmations. But I believe affirmations have to be backed by evidence and truth, and that evidence and truth is your actual behaviors, right? So, calling out what evidence have you seen within today that says that you are um, courageous? What courageous thing that you did? Did you do right? That gives you that true affirmation. It's the evidence. Right. So going through that belief bridge is one part of that identity building beyond childhood wounds. Right. The other part is being able to see yourself, um, to see yourself in the future with joy surrounding you, with peace surrounding you. I think, um, I know, rather, I have had lots of conversations with clients who it feels unreachable for them to finally be able to experience peace or true joy. They haven't been able to celebrate themselves outside of their production, right? Oh, I got a promotion. Yay. And then as soon as you leave the, the, um, the dinner, you went out for dinner, right? As soon as you leave the dinner, it's like, oh, back to normal. There's no true, um, anchor of joy within their lives. Even if they're reading scripture, they're going to church, they're in community, right? They're around the people that they love when they're in solitude with themselves. It's that dissatisfaction that comes up. So I'm talking about rest, how I used to, uh, um, (laughs) rest let's not let's get out of burnout let's take care of ourselves self-care is on a spectrum there's things you do on the basic leisure and luxury level when i'm saying these things like "Yeah, yeah yeah girl i know but you don't have the kids i have you don't have the time i have you don't have the past i have right and so we will um push our joy out we'll delay it i'll do it when the kids get older I'll do it when we move into this house. I'll do it once I move into this job that allows me to work from home. I'll do it when I start the business. I'll do it once my business gets to this point. I'll do it when we have our second child. I'll do it when blah, 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 blah. We, we delay this joy in our lives. I did an episode talking about getting out uh, or experiencing true joy by, um, by getting out of the celebration deficit. Right. And it's all about that. Those everyday moments where you can take the time to say, I am worth celebrating. I don't care what it is. You got out of the bed five minutes before the children came in and woke you up. That's worth a celebration. Instead of yelling. After a tantrum, you walked away or you step back or maybe you just remain silent for just a second, you didn't give a silent treatment, but you remained silent instead of yelling. That's a win. Maybe you rolled your eyes two times less than you did the week before at your husband. That's a win. A win is a win. Ain't that what the people say? A win is a win. Seeing yourself in the fullness and the experience of joy and peace, right? God calls us to an abundant life. He doesn't want us to suffer. I think the biggest trick of the enemy is to make us believe that the rut and the mud that we feel that we are in, that we have to be subject to that. Almost like we're called to struggle. You're not. God doesn't want that for you. Unfortunately, things have happened through your family of origin that have um, tainted your flower, have put weeds around your flower. But the thing about weeds, once the soil is good, Once a few snipping and digging at the root of the weed, it goes away. It doesn't taint the flower anymore, right? So rebuilding your identity beyond childhood wounds is possible. Very possible. It is a journey, like I repeat all the time. (laughs) But it is possible. It just requires a whole new ecosystem, starting with the way that you see and view yourself, starting with filling in the gap and going over that belief bridge of this is where I am with the beliefs about myself right now. This is where I want to be. What's the work I need to do in between to get me there? Right? This is the rest and the joy that I want to experience with myself when no one else is looking, when I don't have to smile, when I don't have to pretend that I'm having a great day and the kids are lovely and I love this phase of motherhood. When no one is staring, waiting to hear how well you're doing, how well you're balancing everything, how much you love your job. when no one is asking you those questions or judging you off of how Um, Your face turns up when you talk about those things. When you're with yourself at night, in the morning, when you finally get two minutes to yourself throughout the day, how do you feel? The identity shift that needs to happen for you to um, operate from peace and joy, operate outside of survival mode, operate outside of burnout and catch yourself quicker when those things happen. It's very important, but it requires a whole new identity. I love identity work because, um, I mean, our identity, it's the things that we repeat over and over and over again. Meaning if you repeated negative things about yourself and you believed it, then those things you were. But if you repeat good, healthy, fruitful, things about yourself over and over again, then you'll believe it and you'll start operating and having and building habits out of that. Isn't that amazing? Isn't it amazing that you can shift your beliefs and therefore shift your life? Is it that simple? No, there's other things that go into it. But in just, that's how it goes. That's how it goes. The renewing of your mind, right? Um, I love doing this work. And I would love to support you in rebuilding your identity beyond trauma. So it's not in the driver's seat anymore. You can see joy and peace at the end of the tunnel. You're like, I'm coming for you because I want my kids to see me healed. I want my kids to be able to say, yeah, my mama didn't play about her rest. She taught me how to take care of myself even if I wasn't on a vacation, she taught me the thing about um, relaxing my mind before I went to bed. She taught me scripture, but she also taught me how to reroute negative thoughts, right? Yep, that's you, boo-boo. So go to monthlyuse.com backslash coaching to schedule your free call with me to see how I can support you. And I'll be happy to see your name and your face as we have um, that conversation. Today was great and fun talking about identity shifting and I cannot wait to do it again but until then take care